Hello, fellow nerds, and welcome to another episode of the Modern Health Nerd Podcast, where every week we bring you fascinating conversations with the movers, shakers, and innovators in food, health, agriculture, and everywhere in between. I'm your host, Teresa Sam Houghton, Chief Nerd at The Modern Health Nerd, and I thank you for joining me for the second episode of our February Fitness Month. Why Fitness Month? Because we can fix our food, we can fix our diets, but if we're not moving, we're missing a critical part of the holistic care of our bodies. So all month long, you'll get insights from some of the most innovative and interesting minds in the fitness space right here on this podcast. If you're enjoying it, please give us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform. And share these episodes with other people that you know who are looking for more information on fitness or to kick up their own fitness regimen in 2021 and beyond. I am incredibly excited to be able to share the conversation I had with today's guest. Guest today is Millionaire Hoy, and yes, that is actually his name. After a health scare in his 20s, Millionaire Hoy transitioned from a job as a graphic designer and doing several other things and got into fitness. He's now bringing that background and his engaging creative personality to the fitness space and is on a mission to make fitness accessible to all and to change the prevailing mindset of the fitness world. We talk about everything from building community to improving mental health. So sit back, relax. This is a real good one. I hope you stick around all the way to the end because these are insights that I'd really love you to hear. Without further ado, my conversation with Millionaire Hoy. Well, Millionaire, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for taking some time to join me for the Modern Health Nerd Fitness Month. Thanks so much for having me. I'm honored to be a guest here. Why don't you introduce yourself and let our listeners know what you're doing in the fitness space? Well, my name is Millionaire Hoy. And yes, that is my real name. I always have to start with there. My parents named me Millionaire because they said I was born with everything I need. I'm already rich um, and wealthy, not necessarily monetarily, of course not that, but um, just rich in spirit and purpose. And so uh, I agree with them. You know, it took me a long time to realize that. But um, I actually uh, started in fitness maybe a little bit over a decade ago. I kind of lose track, which is good when you get to that point where you're working out so long, you forget how long you've been working out. But I actually uh, started working out after being uh, injured, not necessarily injured, but I got really, really sick being overworked. And I ended up in a hospital. Um, they thought I was having a heart attack or a stroke. Uh, and it turned out I had what was called ocular migraines. It's something you get when you spend too much time looking at screens in the dark. And at the time, I was a graphic designer. I was working at Best Buy. Uh, I was doing graphic design. I was writing for Yahoo, um, writing for them for tech, and um, just doing a whole lot of odd jobs, uh, trying to get my family in a better position and actually end up overworking myself to be in a hospital. Uh, while I was in a hospital, my family came and visited me. And... I really felt like at a, the lowest I've ever been health-wise. And I actually felt like I was on my deathbed and I had family coming in looking at me and people I haven't seen in years, uh, some people I haven't seen in like a decade coming to visit me. And I'm like, man, if, if someone could be at their own funeral, this is what it would look like. And so um, while in the hospital for about four days, when I got out, I said I had to get my health back in order. You know, I had to do something because I wanted to be here to be around for my family. I had young children at the time. And so I decided I was going to get back into fitness. And uh, I started going to elliptical 10 minutes per day, uh, worked my way up to 20 and 30. And then I started doing a, um, a fitness DVD called SWAT, uh, which is like a resistance band workout. My wife and I then started P90X, 
and we did the full P90X together. And then I found what woke me up in fitness was the insanity workouts with Shanti. And so um, I did the insanity workouts and for the first time ever, I felt like I was really connecting to fitness. I was somebody who looked like me, who talked like me with slang um, and had this great like style of working out I've never heard of called HIT. Uh, so I started doing those workouts and I got inspired. Um, I became a personal trainer. Then I started doing some outreach in uh, my community on the south side of Chicago, started doing some fitness boot camps uh, for free there for people in my area who couldn't afford fitness. And I did that for two years before starting to do YouTube workouts. All right. So uh, this kind of to make a long story longer, I started doing YouTube workouts. I did it for five years. Um before branching out and starting my own streaming service. And that's where we are now. And full disclosure, I love the streaming service. I've been working out with your workouts for, well, I first discovered you on YouTube. That was, it had to be several years ago because I'm trying to remember now my own background here. It's like, it was my first, I was in my first apartment. So that was several years ago. And I remember thinking, this is crazy and I love it. So Tell us a little ba bit about how your style is different from other uh, other fitness kind of online out there because there's so much right now. But you've grown a, a, quite a bit of a community, which I want to I want to ask you a bit about later. But how is your style different from the general fitness style? Kind of hard to ask. I'm um, answer uh, for me. I just do me, and I, I feel like my style my style of workout is an extension of my personality. It's like my uh, third arm, you know, I have two arms and, and, and it extends from me. So it's like I'm inviting people who work out into me, work out with me into my world. So I might throw out some puns or I might throw out some references and some people catch them or they may, may not. But it's like you're in immersed in this own thing. Um, so I try my best to be as authentic as possible. If I'm working out with you, if, I, if I'm sore or if I'm tired, I'm going to let you know. I'm not going to try to. Uh, fake it and, and say no excuses. I'm going to say, hey, man, that burns. But look, we're going to fight through it. Uh, so with my style, I incorporate a lot of uh, several different styles uh, with HIIT, uh, with calisthenics. I like using your body to build your own body, but I also like uh, strength uh, building and circuit training and working with dumbbells and different equipment and stuff like that as well. So I don't know, uh, for people who are interested in trying to work out that I do, they can check out my YouTube channel and see if they want to join in on the craziness that we do. And I'll drop a link in the show notes for that when, uh, for people to go and check that out. I just had a question and it went out of my mind. So let me, let me back up a little bit and see if I can retrieve it. <laughs> that happens to me once in a while. I got to tell you, it's like, it happened more and more since this whole COVID thing has happened. I call it like COVID brain where you're just like talking and your train of thought goes, well, I have, I've, and you never see it again. I have workout brain. My <laughs> wife and I, you just finished working out a little while ago. So, um, if I space out, you know, that, that, you know, right after you finish working out, you kind of get that that little space thing going. So I, I totally feel you there. Yeah, I have that too. I'll have the time where I finish a workout and I have to re like recombobulate my entire brain because all the endorphins are like clashing together in my system. So you recently did a, a hundred day workout challenge that was inspired by you and your wife working out. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that? Because I thought it was a really I've been watching your your feed on Instagram and in, in other social media, and it's really inspiring. And I'd love to hear a little more about that because I feel like a lot of people are getting back into fitness. They're definitely interested more in health, especially with the whole COVID thing and then having the lockdowns and not being able to get to gyms. And I think they need a little bit of, of that inspiration to say, like, you can get started and you can get going. So tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah. So my wife and I actually started uh, working out together. When I first started working out, I kind of touched on that earlier. We started our, we started P90X together. Um, so we actually started our fitness journey together, but we separated from working out because during that time, I was one of those no excuses, boot camp drill kind of people. You know, so I would wake her up. We would work out at five o'clock in the morning. It would be like, come on. And so we actually made it through all 90 days of P90X. But at the end of that, I said, hey, look, I'd rather be your husband than this drill sergeant person. So we stopped working out together. Um, but during COVID, so that was 10 year like period. Right. But um, at the start of the lockdowns, we were going to be locked down for two weeks. And I said, hey, look, we're going to be mostly sedentary or not as mobile. So, hey, let's start working out right now. Health is more important now than ever before. And so um, we initially started like a two week thing and we're going to see where it goes from there. So I started working out with my wife and then my daughter came in like two weeks later and we worked out together, my daughter, wife and I for 150 days. Uh, but when we got to day 100, I ordered these trophies uh, for them as a surprise. Uh, and, you know, we all had these trophies with uh, like a fist bump on them and like a star. And it just felt, I didn't know that I would have this feeling that I had, but when we got to day 100, it just felt so beautiful. Um, I felt like, like it was one of the greatest achievements ever, just working out and being stronger together with my family. And so I said, hey, you know what? I have another family. I have a, I have a fist bump family. So I wanted to bring that same feeling to the people who do my workouts. And so I said, it's going to be a big undertaking, but it's going to be working in the end. And so we started the, the Breakthrough 100 um, to have you know, as many people have their own personal breakthroughs. And what I love, I love about Breakthrough 100 is, for one, it's 60 minutes per day or 30 minutes per day. So depending on your time, you can do 30 minutes or 60 minutes. And um, it goes up in levels starting from beginners to intermediate for the first week. And then it goes up gradually through um, three different phases. So you start off as a beginner and you end up doing it advanced workouts. So I've seen so many people who've messaged me and said, hey, look, I couldn't do push-ups before and I can do push-ups. I'm better at squats. I'm lifting heavier weights. I've lost pounds. And the great thing is so many people after the day 100, they have now formed a habit of working out, you know, so they're like, man, I need to do something else. So my wife and I, we still actually do break the 100. Um, we just started it over and we just go harder. So you can do it over and over again and continue to push. But I absolutely love it. I think it's um, kind of like the Magnus Opus or whatever that's called, you know, of the work that we have here. And yeah, that's that's kind of what I was saying earlier. Like when my style is like an extension of my lifestyle. So um, if I have an idea for something, you know, I wanted to bring it to people. So I kind of use myself as a guinea pig and then say, hey, look, this would be great to share with the world. So what would you say to people who are looking to have their own breakthroughs and maybe they are just starting out or even they've been they've been working out for a long time. And I've seen this, too, um, in, in many fitness communities where people are like, I've been working out for a really long time. And how am I going to have, you know, pushing past plateaus? What would you say to people who are looking to kind of move forward in their fitness journeys? The beautiful thing about exercise and fitness, um, for one, I use exercise and fitness as a way to build character and willpower um, in addition to building your body. So there's always opportunities to improve. Uh, one thing I would tell people is to always focus and uh, make sure you have proper priorities uh, because you can kind of, if you're tasting the wrong thing, you, you're going to end up with the wrong results. So say for instance, if it's about how not liking how you look in the mirror and you're trying to fight that per perfection, that's something that's like a, 
a, a dragon that you have to keep on feeding that's just going to be more hungry and want more and more. You know, let, let's say that we are focused on the right things and we want to move forward. There's always room for growth. Uh, one thing I would tell people is to slow down a bit. Um, it's always great to work on the fundamentals, um, like even things like holding plank, you know, or, you know, focusing on your air squat or going slower. I do a lot of fast things on like uh, you may see on Instagram or on YouTube, but it started with a lot of slow things that I do. I like to do yoga. I like to, you know, do deep stretches and, you know, take things slowly and really focus on the form as well. So my grandfather was a musician, you know, uh, both of my grandfathers were musicians. I come from a musical family and he would wake us up at five o'clock in the morning and we would do what's called long, long tones, right? So it's a musical practice that you can do. Um, I played the trumpet growing up and we will wake up at five o'clock in the morning and all my uncles who were around my age and uh, a few of my aunts, we would all sit in a circle and we'd hit one note and you'll hold that note for as long as you can. It's called a long tone. And so it's the same note every day or you'll hit a different note, whatever you're inspired by, but you're getting better at that one note and you're learning how to hold it for longer and getting better with your diaphragm, and it's kind of like you get in a trance-like state with air, all these different sounds together. Um, but we started that, you know, in the morning. And when I was a kid, I kind of hated it. It's like, oh, man, it's forever. It's like forever. And it's great core work. Um, but I'm just saying that, you know, uh, it's something I think Bruce Lee or somebody said, you know, um, it's not the person who can kick a thousand different ways. It's the person who, you know, learns one kick one thousand ways, you know, or learns uh, kicks the same kick one thousand times. You know, so there's always room for improvement. So that's what I would say. And I think that's really great advice because so many people, they push really, really hard and they think that they have to push harder and harder and harder to do better and better. But sometimes if you pull back, and I found this in my own fitness, you pull back and it can be a lot harder than you ever thought because you never stopped long enough to say, you know, this is how I'm supposed to do it. Yeah. So how do you feel that what you're doing is contributing to just better health and better fitness for people overall? Because I touched on this a little bit earlier. You've really built a community around this. And you mentioned the fist bump family and the fist bump is like your, your signature thing at the end of every workout. How are you utilizing that and giving back to make people healthier and to, to contribute to better health overall? For me, I come from, that's a great question. I come from uh, my background in doing boot camps. So for me, it's always been very important to be as connected as possible. Um, now that I'm in a digital space, I have to find more creative ways to do that. Um, so the fist bump is one way to do that to where, you know, no matter where you are, we connect through the screen and um, to let you all know that I'm a real person, you're a real person. We were in this together. We fought together to make it to that fist bump. So we all earn a fist bump uh, equally. But as far as contributing uh, to health, what I, I try to do is I try to teach people to, for one, to make sure that, hold on one second, oh, there's that brain thing I was talking about from the workout, um, to kind of slow down and appreciate where they are in their journey. During my workouts, you know, not only do we have like the crazy stuff that I'm doing um, that people can work their way up to, we always have modifications so that people can focus on where they are in order to improve. Uh, one thing that I notice a lot in the fitness space is a lot of like self-doubt and a lot of people feeling that uh, fitness is not accessible to them. You know, so what I try to do is I try to be their friend. You know, um, I try to like, when, before I had a community, I would think of like my grandmother or somebody like that and say, if I was working out with my grandmother, 
you know, or somebody was working out with her, how would you want them to approach her? So kind of like just pull them up, like, come on in, you know, we're working out together and stuff like that. And so one thing I want to do is give people back confidence. Um, I always say you're stronger than you are, than you, than you think. And I find that to be very, very true. So just like instilling confidence in people, I focus a lot on mental health, which is one thing that I think is very important to focus on in the fitness industry, because without, as I said earlier, the proper priorities, um, you can find yourself going into some very dark places with what could be something that's positive as fitness. Um, so yeah, focus on helping people have mental health, like with the Breakthrough 100. Another important aspect of that is it happened during COVID. And so a lot of people needed something they can latch on to during this time that they can do consistently to kind of have something normal, you know, something that's that's stable that they can hold on to for 100 days. Um, but everything changes so much, at least one thing is stable. So um, really, when I, I want to have a home where people can feel at home um, when they join and also that they're part of a movement and part of a family. So I, I want people to feel welcome. I want them to feel that fitness isn't just for Instagram models or, you know, gurus. They're for, you know, people like me. Um, you know, I'm a family man. I have I've been married now for 15 years with my wife for 21 years, uh, have five children, a lot of siblings. So, you know, everybody can do it. It's about being really being someone who would be a member of your own community and somebody who has approached it from it sounds like it sounds almost like when i started working out it was the same it was like 30 minutes three days a week and then it, you had to build up to it so you, you've you've kind of been there and and know what people are are going through yeah and you also have a thing and this started when you were on youtube you had this thing about what you ate today and now i guess your community wanted you to bring it back so you brought it back for for quite a while especially during um breakthrough 100 for you how does diet figure into the whole fitness journey because I have a lot of plant-based people on the podcast. We talk a lot about diet. I've had some people who uh, aren't hundred percent plant-based, but they talk about how, you know, what, what they see as being important in, in the dietary space. Where does that stand for you? Yeah, I actually, um, I have very health conscious parents. I was actually raised vegetarian for, I want to say 24, maybe a total of 27 years of my life, 27, 28 years of my life. Uh, I'm now 36, by the way. And um, now I have more of a pescatarian diet where I do incorporate um, fish and chicken um, and sometimes turkey. But I really don't eat a whole lot of meat still just because I was raised that way. But yeah, with, with my diet, um, I think, you know, there are some some things in fitness that are kind of like taboos or whatever. Uh, one of the things is the diet. A lot of people are kind of secretive about their, their secret diet or their secret way to train. And uh, for me, I want to just like, just put everything out there, like be as authentic and as honest um, and hopefully relatable to people, you know? Um, and yeah, just putting the diet out there. Uh, and the cool thing is so many people, you know, they, they look for that. They say, okay, I got the workouts down, but man, I can't figure out what to eat. And a lot of people will look at my diet now and they'll say, man, this is pretty strict or you only eat whole foods or all this other stuff. But one thing I, I want to express is, I had horrible dieting in the past. And so my parents raised me with all the knowledge I needed. But when I when I went out on my own, you know, I just completely went com completely 180. And so I just had a horrible diet. I actually had to have 14 teeth extracted, just having like cavities and horrible, you know, stuff like that. So now when I eat like what people would consider strict, but really I just consider a natural diet. Like um, this is stuff that existed 
for, you know, as long as humans have. And so I'm just eating a natural diet. But um, part of the context for that is I've been through a lot of pain, um, financially, financial pain. I've been paid for all these dentist visits. If you're hearing a lisp, I'm wearing braces right now. And just having 14 teeth pulled, it's like torture. And so now I've kind of learned my lesson and I uh, just eat whole foods and I, you know, balance my meals and I put it out there for people. Um, and so some people who can't relate to where I am right now, just understand it took me a while to get there and they're, they can't be as bad as I once was. I might beg to differ on that because I might have been at some point. I was just having a conversation with somebody earlier where I was talking about how I was the, I was the teenager, early 20 something who would grab the Snapple and have the Snapple for breakfast and we won't even talk about what used to happen when they used to have crispy M&Ms and you could get a huge bag. We, we just won't go there, but you can probably imagine. So I can, I can hear you on that one. So with, with diet, with fitness, and there's a lot of interest going on now. I come deeply from the plant-based base. So that place has exploded and you see it everywhere now. There's a plant-based everything now and it's been projected that it's going to not, not just be a trend, but be a thing. But with that, one of the things that's a driver of that is, and I, I'm sure you see this with like people working out and commenting in your community, the health thing is so big. It's such a focus for people. So what do you see as needing to be the next focus in health and fitness on a grander scale? Because people are really looking for this. They need to find something that's going to get them to move forward. So where should we be focusing? as just people in these different spaces that we're operating in. I'm going to come forward to that, but the plant-based thing. And so I kind of relate to what you just said there. Uh, when I was growing up, I, I was born and raised vegetarian, right? And so people had no idea what that was. Uh, it's kind of a mainstream thing now. Like you can go to any store and buy stuff, but we used to have to go to like what's known as co-ops and like specialty places that had like um, vegetarian-based meals and stuff like that outside of Whole Foods. Um, not the place, but, you know, the type of food. And so people, I would tell people I'm a vegetarian and um, they thought it was like an astrological sign. Like, man, I'm a Pisces, you know? Um, yeah, it was just this big stigma. You know, people made fun of me in school. I got a lot of fights about, you know, like I fought, I fought the fight. You know, I went to school on the south side of Chicago. So it's like, you know, people made fun of my, my, my bread. Like, oh, that's dookie bread. Cause it was brown. It was like, this is whole wheat. It's not, I didn't eat white bread. So people made fun of me. So, um, yeah, I just, I just want to, you know, say, yeah, I, I've definitely been in that fight for a long time. And, and I'm glad that that's something that's being pushed forward now, that people have healthier options and people are more health conscious. Now, as far as the fitness industry, one thing that I think is going to be the next big thing, and I hope it will be the next big thing, is, is mental health. I see a, a big push going towards that. Um, kind of how I was saying, like, with um, people who, if you have your priorities, focused on the wrong thing. And a lot of a lot of people come into fitness for the physical. And that's kind of the bait. I hope that's what's being used as bait, where it's like, oh, I want to get abs. Or people will tell me, hey, like, I just want abs. Everything else is fine. Like, I want my big butt. I want my big whatever. Just give me abs. I try to talk to them about spot reduction and how it doesn't work and stuff like that. But, you know, I also have a lot of people who uh, struggle with anorexia and stuff like that, who I've been able to help. I actually had a large community of people who were anorexic who followed my workouts because on YouTube I had silent workouts. And so they could be silent in their house and work out extra pounds and the parents would know they were like feeding into the God they worship known as Anna. Um, so, you know, I, I worked a lot within trying to bring people to a healthy place of understanding, but all that goes back to mental health. 
And I honestly recommend that people uh, seek counsel and seek therapy if they can afford it or if they can find ways to do it. Um, because it's just a lot of stuff that's going on the way, the way we live. I was raised very different than, you know, uh, how we live traditionally in Western society. And there's just a lot of things that we do on a daily basis that we take for, um, that we think are like natural or regular. And it really sets us up to like feel bad, you know, and uh, like, you know, that's not the best word, but like, just feel like hollow and empty, you know? And so, uh, I, yeah, I, I hope mental health becomes a, a big thing in fitness and not the pandering mental health kind of stuff, but like legitimate working on solving issues that you have and managing things and, you know, for better outcomes. I have to agree with you there because I, I don't know if I talked about this in the podcast before. I know I've mentioned it to people that, uh, but like prior to interviewing, but I've been there, done that. I was an anorexic bulimic about 10 years ago and I... I was an over-exerciser and uh, I binge and under-eat and all that stuff. So I, I hear this and I'm thinking, yeah, especially with social media the way that it is, having done more research into that when I was kind of trying to build awareness uh, about it when I was a health coach, the stuff on social media is so like frightening. We need people who are going to be talking about the positive side of it too. And I actually, I had someone on the podcast where we talked about food addiction too, which goes right into the same thing. You got the food addiction, you got the the mental health thing. So I hope, I hope you're right. And that that is the next like big explosion in fitness be because we, we need to move away from the, I just downloaded a mindfulness app to real healing. I totally hundred percent. Yeah. But I think the, I think it's going to go big in like small. How do I explain this? I, I, I hope it doesn't go mainstream in a way that it becomes like some cookie cutter or like it, it becomes shallow, right? I think the way that it will grow is by individuals who support it, who have communities who are like pushing it forward, I think. Um, because then it becomes something that's about, you know, pushing a product as opposed to genuinely trying to help people. And it's that something that you are seeing as a benefit of having your own community, being able to be somebody who is or could be a voice for that since you have, you have that platform built up around what you're doing? Yeah, I hope to. I try to use the um, the platform that we have as try to be as helpful as I can to people in their lives. And, you know, we kind of have fitness there. I don't really consider. Yes, it's a fitness community, but it, I, I call it a family because it's, it's more than just fitness. I try to if I can inspire people in different ways. And I'm oftentimes inspired by a lot of things that people are doing in the community. So, um, yeah, as far as having my own community, I branched away from YouTube two years ago. I, I started posting videos again there during um, the pandemic, because there's so many people who I, I see who's reached out to me over the years who legitimately can't afford fitness. And that's what I started, you know, um, putting content out there for people who were like me. Like when I started doing P90X and Insanity, I borrowed those DVDs from my uncle. I couldn't afford them, you know. So if it came down to me having to have money in order to get better, then I would have been lost for longer. I think I would have eventually found my way but I would have been on a different path. One thing that I do enjoy about branching or, or away from YouTube and then being able to now come there and that need the things that YouTube tries to pull from you, like the numbers and um, the algorithm and, you know, YouTube in a, a lot of different ways is a shaping tool. It, I don't want to go into other people's business, but it, over time, if you're constantly trying to create what you think YouTube wants, it's shaping the type of content that you create. 
And by me having my own platform outside of YouTube, I'm able to do something like Breakthrough 100, which I don't feel would have been successful on YouTube because I would have been putting out workouts that weren't topical and that weren't being asked for and that may not have the proper, you know, uh, keyword in a title type of things, but it's made to be the best thing for the people who are doing it. So, um, yeah, having my own base allows me to be strong enough to then be able to put stuff on YouTube without caring about, but not, not without caring about feeding a YouTube machine. As a content strategist and content marketer, I know exactly what you mean. And it can be really, it can be really frustrating because you have people who are trying to do that. You have people, you, you work with people and it's like, well, I won't, I won't go off on a tangent. I did have the, the, the uh, social media algorithm conversation with someone else on this podcast. And it really is. It becomes this, this black hole, both for the creators and for the people who are watching. And one of the things I've always liked about what you've done is you're really a champion for the creator. So what is really your favorite thing now about being a creator? Now that you've been doing it for a while and you really have this rolling, what's your favorite thing about being able to do that? Well, I love where we're at. Um, I come from a family of creators. I have a musical family. Uh, there are a lot of dancers, poets, um, you know, playwrights, singers, uh, people who play instruments. Like I have like a family. I actually, it's interesting that I have a following because I always try to shy away from the light. Like I always have people in my family on stage and I would try, if they if they see me in a crowd or something, they want to bring me on the stage. I'm like, oh no, I don't want this attention, right? always just being like an introvert and stuff like that. I'm sorry, I forgot the question. I just went back into memory memory lane. <laughs> That's okay. What, what's your favorite thing about being creative now and having a creator platform? I was a creative growing up, um, but my the way that I did that was through art. I spent all my time drawing and like taking what's inside of my head, outside of my head and focusing on improving it. And so what I do now is just an extension of that. Um, the idea that I have in my head for workouts or puns, it's like an itch that I have to get out of my head. Um, and so I'll think of something like right before I'm supposed to shoot a workout and I'm like, oh, I need to scrap this because this is a better idea. You know, maybe I'll come back to that idea later or, you know, even some things like I'll spend probably sometimes too much time focusing on my outfit because it's a, an extension. It's an extension of me as an artist and playing with colors and, you know, just expressing like, you know, having a style while also doing it. But as far as creators go, this time, I think, you know, we have really, really great. I come from people who are immensely talented, but they didn't have the tools that we now have. And so I don't take those for granted. Um, the ability to be able to reach out and talk to people internationally and not have a middleman. I have people in my family who've been blackballed in the music industry and blackballed in Chicago and stuff because they had more of a, um, a social, uh, they, they, they were pushing more for social change, you know? And so now there's no middleman. You know, you can go direct to the consumer. You can talk to people like you and I met online, you know, and that's absolutely crazy. We didn't have to do things locally. And I think about my ancestors and my, you know, elders, they made things happen without the internet, you know, getting 20,000 people together on the south side of Chicago to hear music, you know. Um, so I just think about what they could have accomplished with what we have and to not take that for granted at all. And um, with this, you know, this attention and this followers is like, man, where are we leading people? Right. Because I, I feel like it's it's really black or white. Like you can have people going towards uh, a path of, you know, self-improvement and self-love or pushing into more avarice or more um, more of this need 
you know, like I want, I want to be like this person on Instagram. I want to feed into, you know, the Instagram monster. Why am I picking on Instagram? It's everywhere. It's Facebook, Twitter. It's a lot of projection. It's a lot of, um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of, a lot of our, our, our young people becoming lost into this internet addiction. And so I try, you know, to, to put something positive out there. I really, as a content creator, I stopped creating, uh, in, in a strange way, I stopped creating content back in my YouTube days. Uh, even though I had the best intention, I will feel the need to, oh, I need to create something because it's Tuesday. Oh, what is my throwback Thursday going to be? Or what is my, you know, oh, let me have a calendar filled with, you know, obscure holidays. It's National Donut Day. What should I do for that? You know, um, to get more attention and more eyeballs and stuff like that, because you kind of have to do that to play the game and to get more exposure. But now, although I put out content, I don't create content like that. I put out whatever I feel is going to be helpful to people. I don't want to waste anybody's time. Um, and I want the, anything that I put out to be helpful. Would you say that, that that is what people who are doing like content and who maybe want to start getting into the space should be focusing on is the don't obsess over the algorithm, but what do people really need? And like you said, where are you, where are you going to lead people? Yeah, I think less is more is when it comes to following. Um, you know, I was on YouTube. I was before I left YouTube, I, I was completely depressed um, at one point, actually suicidal. You know, just dealing with like struggling, you know, because I'm a very giving person and like somebody would uh, put a comment like, hey, you should do this type of work. I'm like, oh, man, I should do it because that person asked, you know, I always feel like I should, you know, I had so many I was pull, being pulled in so many directions and I felt compelled to do it. I'm like, I can do it. I, I should be I could sleep less. You know, I could do a little bit more. And I just got fed into this addiction of trying to be a huge people pleaser. Now my community is smaller outside of YouTube, but it's way more wholesome. And I, I really do enjoy, you know, engaging with everyone there and, you know, seeing the dogs when they're, you know, working out um, or seeing the kids join or seeing them do a new workout move that I know they were talking about for so long um, or having them, you know, comment on some of my family pictures and stuff like that. It truly feels like, an extended family, and I feel like I'm finding friends. You know, I'm finding people that uh, it's a pleasure to know. As far as what people should focus on, that's going to be for them to determine. I just, uh, as somebody who's went down the number path and had like strong connections within YouTube, being trained by YouTube personally and stuff like that, you know, it's, it could get, uh, what's at the end of the tunnel may not be what people are looking for, because you end up going to like parties and people don't even want to know your name. They want to know your subscriber count. You know, they introduce themselves like how many subscribers you got or how many subs you got. And if you say a number lower than what they have, they will literally walk away from you, you know? And I'm like, what is this world? You know what I'm saying? Like I'm from Chicago. It's a big city, but we're like, we're country. You know, uh, my, my family is from Mississippi and uh, Louisiana. My wife's family's from Mississippi. So like Chicagoans, we're very, we have a very like down to earth kind of vibe. And so like when you walk past somebody, you speak and, you know, if you see somebody who needs help you, you or, you know, on the side of the road or something, you try to help them. Um, so, yeah, just getting into these places where just the conversation is so, wow, people are reduced to a number. I think that's horrible. And so if you're being genuine, you will find the audience. You know, I say show for the people who are there for you as opposed to trying to get this huge number, like, oh, I want to have a million subscribers. Yes, that would be nice if there are 1 million genuine people that you're able to have a positive influence on. And not just 1 million people who, you know, at the drop of a dime, if you do one wrong thing, they'll be trying to cancel you or, you know, they're 
they're watching for the wrong reasons, you know, so that's where I'm going to land on it. It's important for people to know because of the way that the content space can get. I mean, I see it as a strategist, I see it as a marketer, and I see people just trying to push out content, content, content. And I've, I've actually said to people, I've said, this is, you know, this is good what you're doing, but I think you should pull back because you know, you have an audience and, and go, go and connect with them. So uh, we've been talking about a lot of different things, but I always ask the big question at the end, I always ask people, if you had unlimited power and unlimited resources, and you could bring about one change in the way that we're approaching like health and fitness right now as a society, what would you do? I think you touched on it a little bit earlier, but here we have, if you have no boundaries, what would you do? Uh, wait, so like I have no boundaries, but yeah, do yeah. I have control over other people or is this what I can do? <laughs> Just what you can do. Unlimited resources, unlimited, unlimited power. So like it, money's no object and you're not going to get like any pushback or anything. What would you like to see happen in the way that we approach health and fitness? Man, I would like to see a shift in culture, period. Uh, for me specifically, um, within the black community, we have, you know, a high obesity rate. All right. And so what I started on the south side of Chicago was to help people in my community and, um, you know, for doing boot camps for two years. And I would like to definitely do something to help with that. You know, with I think the, the men are like 60 percent obesity rate in the black community. It's like 80 percent for the women. And so um, when I think about that, I think about the children, you know, and I think about growing up in households where, you know, there's a lot of, you know, uh, salty snacks and sugary foods and, you know, not a lot of access to like whole foods or um, the information uh, for that. So that's one thing, being able to help out within the Black community as far as having healthier culture with our food and with our bodies, because I'm also seeing a lot of, a lot going towards uh, cosmetic surgery, you know, which is very interesting, especially for a lot of people who can't afford regular stuff will save up to, you know, go to quote unquote Dr. Miami or somebody like that, right? Um, so that's one aspect. Another thing would be to just change. I guess it all comes down to culture, like f across the board, changing the culture and how we approach and deal with fitness as this thing that we're kind of trying to cheat with or try to do just enough of so that, you know, um, we can go back to acting a fool and, uh, you know, really just start approaching it from wanting to have a better quality of life. Yes, everybody wants six pack, pack abs and a nice butt, right? Uh, some nice legs, some big arms, right? But um, when you think about, you know, if you lose 20 pounds, but if you ever had a, a weighted vest um, that you're wearing and you put 20 pounds in that and you walk around with that, just think about if you lost 20 pounds, not only you're going to look good, but just the quality of life and not just running your body down um, or just like things that you may be missing out on. Like um, maybe you might not get up to, you know, go get an extra glass of water. If you're carrying around an extra 20 pounds, you're going to limit how much you're moving or you're not going to have that confidence that you want um, to pursue certain goals and stuff like that. And so, yeah, just taking a shift away from this mostly aesthetic and, you know, la la land and, um, you know, kind of this make believe perfect world that you see on places like Instagram and Facebook and making it more realistic. Hey, let's be the best versions of ourselves. Let's have a better culture with our family. Let's have better relationships with one another. Can fitness do that? I think it I think it could play a role. It's a very important part of our life. But just trying to be more connected with each other, I think it's a great way to bond. Um, it's something I've been doing, you know, within our community is like finding people and, you know, bonding with them through fitness and kind of have a fitness as a something that we can talk around and, and build with. But yeah, if I had all the resources, I definitely have 
um, the word that comes to mind, like camps, like places that you know, people can go and have access to like great, you know, fitness advice and great food. You know, I definitely would have more um, like gardens and teaching people how uh, like to grow their own food. Uh, my wife and I have been helped with that. And we've been doing that and showing our kids and just getting your hands back in the dirt and just getting literally down to earth, you know, like getting back to your roots. There's another pun, you know, and that's what I would like to do. I, I'm I'm literally done with that. I used to do community gardening. I've done the CSA thing. Yeah, getting getting right back to that. So you talked about connecting. Where can people find you, connect with you, hear more about what you're doing? And I'll drop all the links in the show notes so that people can click straight through. Well, you can find me everywhere at Millionaire Hoy. That's H-O-Y as in today. My name means Millionaire Today. My website is hoypro.com. We also have uh, some free videos on YouTube if you'd like to try those out. And um, look down in the comments, see how people respond to it. See if you want to be a part of our, our community and uh, join in if you feel like this is you know something that you fit with. Well, thank you so much for that and for all your, your great insights and your advice and sharing. It's been great to actually connect, uh, well, you know, Zoom Zoom face to face. And just thank you so much for taking the time to bring your insights to the fitness month. Well, it's great. Thank you for having me, for one. It's great meeting you somewhat in person. You know, I feel like I've known you all over these years. And that's one thing I love about our community. So many of us have been working out together commenting and you know you see somebody and you learn a little bit more like oh I, I knew your username but that's your real name and you know we get to you know meet each other and some people are like oh they know me before my wife and I had certain kids and they see the kids growing up and stuff like that so thank you so much for having me um and for being awesome and all your support oh, thank you Another big thanks to Millionaire Hoy for being on the February Fitness Month here at the Modern Health Nerd podcast when you have a conversational podcast like this one, you never really know what's going to come up. And these aren't topics that everyone in the fitness world is touching on. In fact, not a lot of people in the fitness world are touching on them. So I was thrilled to be able to have this conversation with Millionaire and to share it with you all. Again, if you liked it, please give us a review and a rating on your favorite podcast platform and join me again next week as we delve into vegan bodybuilding. Yes, it is possible to get an amazing physique on a plant-based diet and as we'll see, with little or no supplementation. Got some pretty exciting stuff coming up for the rest of the month, and I hope you'll join me again right here on the Modern Health Nerd Podcast. <laughs>